Welcome to Zero Downtime, the new podcast brought to you by DCD's editorial team in partnership with Vertiv, the world's leading critical infrastructure provider. Vertiv has kept the world's leading businesses connected for more than 50 years. We build, deliver, and support critical infrastructure that's available, sustainable, and future-ready. Visit us at vertiv.com and see what we can do for you. Hello. Welcome to DCD Downtime, our podcast. And today I'm talking to Mark DeJong of the CDN Alliance. Hello there. Hi, Peter. Right. Welcome aboard. Now, listeners will have guessed probably if we if I'm talking to someone from the CDN Alliance that we're about to be talking about CDNs. So we'd better start in with um, a brief introduction to what a CDN is and uh, where they come from, what they do and so forth. Uh, so if you go back, so CDNs exist like roughly 20 years, a bit more than 20 years. Um, and the main goal of CDNs uh, first was to bring content closer to the end user uh, so it doesn't have to travel half the world um, uh, with a lot of cost, a lot of latency, a lot of uh, issues, just getting it closer to the user and then deliver it from there to the end user. That's roughly the main goals of, of CDNs uh, right. where and we they... started. And they start from Ak- Akamai, which began. Akamai is one of the first, one of the first ones. Yes, yes that's right. And, 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 they're, and they're currently a market leader, correct? Yeah, yeah, and um, and and uh, I mean, you know, they 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 really were quite a game changer when they arrived because the internet's designed to be sort of uh, just based on the endpoints, and initially every single connection you had if you wanted to get content from a server had to go all the way to the server all the way back um correct and uh and, and the initial cdns were really a fairly simple idea it was the idea of just having a big yeah it was just basic yeah the, the first cdns were really really basic and the only thing they did is keep files basically a copy of the file close by on, on locations close by other users and then if somebody would request a certain file it wouldn't go back to getting that file from whatever across the ocean but actually would go to a server from akamai where a copy of that particular content was there um, and then be, that is being served directly from that particular location which is closer by is cheaper uh, etc so that's a that's the basic you know. yeah okay and i mean i just did the sums and actually it's 25 years i feel like you've missed 25 you've missed an anniversary there 25 okay <laughs> 1998 Akamai started and the internet has changed massively since then and um, unexpectedly to me CDNs have become um, just a really fundamental part of how people use the internet without even realizing it is that correct um, yeah so if you if you look at the, if you look at the current internet in general uh, we estimate that around 75 percent of all the traffic worldwide is delivered by CDNs or what we call backed by CDN technology by, for instance, private CDNs for kind of providers or operators. Uh, so that's a lot of traffic actually that is uh, done by CDNs or responsible. Um, and it's all under the hood. So consumers or people that are using applications or websites or uh, etc. 
or their videos, their OTT services. Uh, they do not have an idea that CDNs are behind this, but in fact, they are, and they are responsible for most of the traffic actually that is flowing around. Yes, I mean, it's it's no longer those simple web pages that it started out with. It's um, it's pretty much anything, isn't it? As you say, videos and so forth. Yeah, if you look... Yeah, if, if you look now, uh, there are three main pillars where CDNs typically are focused on. So it started with the delivery domain. That's exactly where they started, right? Um, this is what I call static delivery, so files, file delivery, media delivery, so anything on video, audio uh, delivery, um, and what we call uh, dynamic delivery, and that relates to websites. Uh, so typically making websites or apps uh, faster by delivering. The second pillar is what we call security. Um, so Akamai, for instance, was one of the first of the CDNs to really focus on security after delivery was getting more and more commoditized. Um, and security is anything from DDoS attacks, web applications, web mitigations, all kinds of other services to make things more secure. Um, and because they already had the infrastructure, they could do this in, in masses and in a very easy service-like way. Mm-hmm. Um, so security is the second part. And the third part, which basically is now happening, is what they call edge. Um, and edge is anything in relation to compute um, and in some degree storage, um, bringing compute closer to the end user, uh, using the same infrastructure that they already have, except not just only for delivery, but also for compute. Hmm. Right, yes. I mean, the security part is like a surprise if you initially think of it as just being a web cache. But then um, if if when you... Um, want to access a website, you're going straight to the content remotely, then um, whoever's serving you that content can be a gatekeeper. And that's a brilliant way of um, preventing uh, denial of service attacks, isn't it? Yes. And and if you look at, uh, although there are no no real numbers yet, it is expected Mm -hmm. that uh, most of all the DDoS attacks that are happening worldwide are actually mitigated by CDNs. And there are two reasons for that. One. Again, they typically are the first point of contact, like you mentioned. And secondly, they have such a massive infrastructure that if they get a blow uh, from, from a DDoS attack, they, they can absorb it and then start mitigating it rather than having a blow and then being stuck with uh, an attack that they need to scramble with. CDNs don't have that issue because they have so much capacity. Yes, brilliantly put. Um, and so everybody was relying on them. And... Um, then around about 2020, 2021, um, the, uh, suddenly uh, um, we saw big uh, outages at some of the leading players, Cloudflare and Akamai. Um, and that, uh, and they, caused for some, they caused more um, uh, difficulty and damage than one might have expected initially, didn't they? In terms of what? Um... Well, I'm, I'm just thinking that, you know, um, t- to suddenly have one uh, service on the internet go down and then a whole host of, comp- well, you know, the way we first noticed these um, uh, CDN outages was that suddenly a whole lot of completely unrelated um, mm-hmm. uh, websites and services would just go yeah. down. Um, Correct. And um, you, there was initially no real obvious reason why they would all go down at the same time. There was no obvious connection between them, except that um, they were all using the same CDN um, and that CDN went, went down. And so, you know, kind of without realising it, a lot of um, customer-facing internet 
at services um, had installed a single point of failure behind themselves. Correct. So, um, I mean, those outages luckily rarely happen. Uh, but if mm -hmm. they happen, then typically they have a massive impact. Uh, now, typically they're mitigated within max one and a half hour, what I've seen so far, roughly. Yeah. Um, uh, so it is, a, it is an impact. It's not an extremely big impact in terms of uh, duration. So it's like offline for days or whatever. But mm -hmm. it is an impact. I mean, absolutely clear. And it has it impacts a lot of players, a lot of uh, websites, etc. at the same time. Hmm. and maybe even government services, uh, et cetera. Yeah. So it can have a very serious impact. Hmm. Um, but the, the thing is, if you look at CDNs in general, 99.9999% um, of the time they do a great job. They're always hmm. there. They are speeding up. Uh, but then when they're down, then it becomes very clear how important CDNs actually are in the infrastructure that we use today. Uh, because hmm. then all of a sudden people get the idea like, hey, Oh, now everything. So, oh, oh. Uh, I didn't know they were that big and so impactful on what they're doing because we've always been working in the shadows. Let's put it that way in the in the background. Yes. Uh, but uh, with these outages, it becomes clear. Uh, yeah. Luckily, again, like I said, uh, it doesn't happen often, uh, but sometimes it happens. And mm -hmm. uh, for that reason, certain uh, organizations uh, go for what they call a multi CDN solution. Uh, where they use multiple CDNs at the same time. So if one of those actually would have an issue, their service would not be down. Right. Yes, exactly. I mean, that, that's the that's the answer. And so, um, you know, sort of three years ago when those big outages happened, people hadn't realized how, how much they were depending on those a, a single CDN. And um, it's clearly noticeable as a journalist, you know, we we... Uh, we, we we pounce on stories that are, are significant and get traffic. There were a bunch of significant CDN outages um, in a row over the course of six months to a year. And then since then, we've had no uh, stories about CDN outages that have been at all worth reporting virtually um, because basically uh, the industry's got its uh, house in order, figured out how to deal with um, the level of... Uh, flakiness in cdns it's a it's a very very low level of flakiness and we, there are easy ways to make sure you work around it um and i guess the other thing we should mention that happened in 2021 which is obviously very very significant for cdns or you might uh, you, you, you be prepared to tell me whether it is or not um the the cdn alliance formed in 2021 didn't it and, correct um, right actually right after the outages actually we went live so we already uh, originated officially on April that year. Uh, so that's where we officially um, incorporated. Well, we went live in September, uh, right after the outage, actually. Yeah, so we actually used that as, hey, guys, we need an organization like us uh, to work with this kind of stuff. That makes, that makes sense. So you'd already realized there was a need for such an organization. Um, and then while you were in the process of setting it up, this um, all happened exactly. Suddenly hit the yep. headlines. Yes, exactly. Right. So I mean, we we legally incorporated in April uh, twenty one, um, but we were discussing this for almost one half year before that already. Oh, so, right. yes, uh, this was going and, on for a long so time. So yes, I mean, I, I I remember one when when 
uh, you announced the existence of the CDN Alliance. I probably, possibly I even spoke to you then. Um, I remember looking at my story about it. It's kind of like we've all heard of CDN Alliances. There's a CDN Alliance that's been formed. And uh, my news point on that was the fact that you'd announced yourself without any members, which yes, I think is a exactly. bit unfair. I'm very, thank you for, for not being so stung by that. Thank you for talking. No, to no, 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 no. I mean, for us, we knew this, but we did this for a very particular reason. So, um, again, we were, not, we were a non-profit organization. We, have, we are independent. This is also part of our mission statement, actually. If you look at our mission statement, if we make this very clear, we're non-profit independent. And independence in the CDN space uh, is extremely important. If you look back again, 25 years now, um, CDNs have been working in silos. They all do their own stuff. It's based on open standards, but they've always been siloed. They've never worked together in any way or form. Mm -hmm. So if we would start with two or three members and say, hey guys, okay, we, we, go, we go live with two or three, mem three members, um, the other members would never ever join because they were like, yeah, but these guys will always have a plus versus us. Uh, as being part of the organization, as being the founding member. Uh, so that's the reason why we said, okay, we want to start absolutely clean with no members uh, to make sure that we are 100% independent and we treat everybody exactly the same. That was the reason why right. we went without any members. That's the, that, that, that's the sort of um, the basic um, setup for any good... Um, sector body you've got to be yeah we, we've um, heard we're heard about other organizations uh where this actually happened where a few members um uh, eventually ended up with a bigger say within the organization than others because they were one of the founding members and we absolutely did not want to get in that direction in any way or form right yes i mean sometimes an organization will be set up um by the market leader in order to sort of gloss over the fact that they may be being uh, have some kind of a monopoly we've seen you know some really odd examples of groups um no. so here you are you've, you you've arrived you're an independent um body what what were the issues that um, that made you think such a body was needed so if you look at the the challenges that we face uh i mean any industry has challenges, right? And there's no industry without any challenges, let's face it. Uh, one of the first things is the fact that the CDN industry itself was not organized at all, right? Again, mm -hmm. the CDNs were there, it worked in open standards, but there's no corporation, it didn't act as an industry. And it being so important as part of the internet in general, um, we really believe, hey, we need to work together as an industry uh, to make things better uh, than they are now. And we know we can. But the only way to do this is if we start working together, we're starting to get organized. Otherwise, it will never ever uh, make good sense to to move forward with, with the issues that are happening. Um, so making sure that we get the right people and the right organizations together at one single place, that was one of the main reasons, what we call the connect part of what we do as part of our mission statement. The second is what we call uh, support as part of our mission statement. And support basically is two main things. Uh, one is insights. Now, yes, being a journalist, um, having insight into the CDN world is very, very difficult. There's very little information that you can find about how many CDNs are there, what are CDNs actually doing, how much, how important are they, um, etc., etc. Hmm. Um, the only insight you will basically get is how the market is growing, 
for the next five years. You can find those reports everywhere. Uh, but that's basically the only insight you were able to get. Any, yes. Anything else? There's basically nothing. Um, and we yes. think this is this is wrong for the industry itself, right? As an industry, we don't have the insights, which we think we should change. But also outside, right? If we have insights about what we actually do as an as in, as a city and industry, how important we are in mitigating DDoS attacks, making sure that things work and keep working, um, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um, we create value and people understand much better what the value is of CDNs in general, um, yeah, and so why as, they're so as important. A journalist, yeah, as, as as a journalist, if you go to um, one player in a sector, you go to a CDN vendor and you say. Um, yep tell us what a CDN is, it's really hard when they tell you quite interesting stuff about how something is working, uh, the extent to which they're telling you what a CDN is and or the extent to which they're telling you what their product does. Um, you know, yes. I think having, having it's, someone... It's, it's not independent. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's not independent. So again, we act as an independent body. So... Um... Uh, so that the, the, the insight is one, and then second part, what we call is we solve, solving challenges, as we call it. Um, mm. And we define three layers of challenges. One is what we call um, industry challenges. Those are challenges that we only can solve as an industry as a whole, right? This is sustainability, security, privacy, availability, scalability, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Those high-level topics that need solving and need to get better. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you can only do this in full industry. Um, so that's one. The second group is what we call corporate challenges. Those are challenges where the, we see the same challenges within organizations or similar ones um, across all of them. And they're all reinventing the wheels themselves. Where we think, guys, this is stupid. Why is everybody reinventing the wheels themselves? Instead, we should actually work together on this, solve this together, and anybody benefits from this. This is cheaper. It takes a lot less resources, um, and we can use those uh, resources for more R&D, more innovation, etc., which would, at the end, help the industry as a whole. Um, mm -hmm. So that's what we call corporate challenges. And then the third one is what we call individual challenges. And individual challenges are challenges that every individual has. For instance, finding the right information about CDN, right? Google is your best friend uh, if you want to find anything. But even if you find it, you don't know whether it's independent. You don't know whether it's true. It's, hmm. uh, it's a big gamble, actually, if you if you look at the, for information. Um, and the other th other parts are, are anything in relation to um, education, training, and certification. There's nothing in that field in the CDN space, which is not good for employees that are working with CDNs or at CDNs, but also not for employers. Um, right. If there are no certifications, if there are no training, I can go to college and learn about CDN, which is hurting the industry because finding new people is difficult. Uh, so those are those are challenges that uh, that we would like to solve. Um, uh, as part they of sound it. like they sound like good challenges, and um, yes, even thinking of a you know like a career structure for CDN people that's impressive. Uh, so what in the it, um, maybe should, uh, we should get a brief picture of what the kind of players are in the uh, CDN field. I mean, I, I've already, already it, mentioned. Um, Akamai and Cloudflare, which are the, the, the two ones. The two big they ones, yes. They're, they're, not on board, they're not on board yet. That will take time. And uh, we anticipated that. Again, if you look at the history of 25 years being siloed, then of course, hey, why do we need an organization all of a sudden? Yeah. That is. All right. So 
that will take time. That's absolutely fine. Um, so we have a mix of what we call, uh, we really look at the CDN ecosystem. And the CDN ecosystem for us is more than just the CDNs itself, right? So it's not just the regular CDNs. We call them CDN service providers. Uh, so that's basically any other markets or sell CDN services, right? This is the CDNs like an Akamai or uh, NGO or whatever, but also the resellers, the channel partners, um, multi-CDN players, <clears throat> etc. And the, third, the second group that we do is what we call CDN technology providers. So those are the ones that deliver technology or key components to build CDNs as part of the ecosystem. This is hardware, software, data, services, uh, in any way or form, as long as you are part of a how you build a CDN. We consider you right. that part. The third, what we say is what we call ecos ecosystem players. And those are the ones that uh, are important for the ecosystem to function. So those are ISPs, carriers, data centers, internet exchanges, uh, system integrators. We call them the oil and the glue of the ecosystem. And then the fourth group is what we call industry players. And those are the ones that uh, either make use of CDN service providers, so the customers of an Akamai, of a Cloudflare, et cetera, or the ones that make use of CDN technology providers to build their own CDNs. You also see more and more happening, whether those are operators, kind of providers, enterprises, mm -hmm. um, et cetera. That's what we call the CDN ecosystem. Um, and, and that's basically where we focus on uh, uh, as part of our memberships uh, across all that whole ecosystem. Right. And types of, of uh, CDN, because we've got you know, Akamai, Cloudflare, Fastly, they basically do the whole job of the uh, CDN. You, I mean, other one types I can think of, I mean, Amazon, Microsoft, Azure and Google all have their own um CDN and um, you know for one for some people they may be all that may be all the CDN they need but they're sort of tied into um, a major cloud providers service and I guess there yep. are other sorts of more specialist um, CDN. Yeah so based on our estimations that we do we're busy building a list for this uh, we expect to, there are between 300 and 400 different CDNs worldwide um, oh. Of course, you have the big ones, the Akamai's, the AGOs, uh, etc., the cloud friends of an, of an Amazon, etc. Um, uh, those are the, the big well-knowns, but there are a lot of smaller or specialized players. Um, mm -hmm. So you have the standard CDN, CDN service providers uh, that have their own network, they have their own infrastructure. Then you have the ones that use those infrastructures, for instance, multi-CDN players. They have a service based using regular CDN service providers in, uh, in the back but they balance between them. So yeah, those are multi-CDN players. Uh, we have specialized CDNs, uh, but yeah, yeah the, the private CDNs, right? Like I said, for kind of providers and, and, and operators and, and mm -hmm. more and more enterprises. Um, and then you have specialized CDNs that focus on either, for instance, a specific region or even a specific country. That happens, those are there. Um, uh, and ones that's very specialized, specialized in a specific uh, focus area. For instance, CDNs that only do video. Mm -hmm or CDNs that only do um, image compression and, uh, and delivery. Um, right. CDNs that purely only focus on security and don't do anything else. Or CDNs that purely focus on edge and don't do anything else. Um, mm. So you have those specialized players uh, in the mix as well. And the reason why we're building up that list, for instance, is for people to get more insight in actually what is out there and hey, could I use certain specific players for the specific thing that I'm doing? Because generic CDNs, yes, they have certain services, but maybe a specific player is a better need for what you're specifically wanting to do um, hmm. in a specific case. Uh, we want to make so, that more clear 
There is no yeah. overview for that. Right. So something like um, Netflix. I mean, they're obviously delivering a lot of content to a lot of places and it has to be delivered from the edge to be fast enough. Um, do they use a CDN? Do they have their own CDN? Does what, Or is what they're doing somewhat different to that? So Netflix basically has their own CDN. So look at the private CDN. I mean, Netflix started, and it's the typical journey we see, they start with one CDN, then they go to multi-CDN, then they go with what we call hybrid right. CDN. So they have their own CDN and other CDNs as well. Um, right. And now basically right. they only have their own CDN. Uh, I think they're still using some CDN here and there for very right. hard to reach areas or where it's not relevant right. for them to put in caches, but yeah. Netflix basically has their own CDN. Right. And... It's a CDN which no one else can use because it's just for no, Netflix. So it's we, a can, private, we can sort of forget private. about them for the moment. You have, a, you have um, a private CDN and you also have operators that have private CDN, for instance, for their IPTV services or their own OTT services. But you also have what we right. call wholesale operator, wholesale CDNs. And that's mm. where they actually offer the CDN for delivery within their network. Uh, so this is getting more and more common, for instance, driven by uh, the standards of open caching by the uh, SVTA, for instance. Right. And does a CDN always have to involve installing um, a little box of hardware in a whole bunch of um, co-location centers? That's my Im- image, imagination of it. You know, imagination of yeah. a rack. Yes, it depends. If you look at the years, the last 25 years, um, in the beginning, uh, especially the connections were very expensive. Right, um, so that they, that's why they want to have even smaller boxes in locations somewhere because that was cheaper than building more fiber. Um, during the course of time, uh, if you look at the different different versions of CDNs, um, the, the connections have plummeted in terms of price. So that's not the biggest issue. Now, for instance, the issue is uh, energy co-location that is being causing issues. Um, so they want to do, for instance, they, they, there was a, I think the, the third version of CDNs was focused around super pops. So building big pops and then making sure you have as many connections as there on that particular super pop. Um, so you, you create a lot of density as part of it. Now with Edge, it's spreading out again. So we got to want to get more close to the end users again. So mm. it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's been going in phases. Uh, depending on where the need is and where uh, the benefits are, uh, on yes. what kind of structure you, is beneficial. You, me- you mentioned energy. I mean, are CDN providers um, concerned about their energy use from a sort of environmental point of view? Yes. Yes. So they're, they're in, in most big uh, CDN players, they actually have people specifically focused on system- sustainability. Um, so that is certainly a topic of interest, uh, to save energy, to be more, uh, more efficient, uh, be more environmental friendly in what they do. And it is also what, uh, at least from what I've heard from different people, it's getting more and more pushed by uh, organizations as well, that they need to be more efficient in what they do. Uh, but it also, of course, is a cost saving in the end as well. Yes. I mean, at, at some point it might become... Uh, a distinguishing factor where mandatory. Um, yeah. So, so say a Cloudflare or an Akamai might um, tell their customers or potential customers um, what their what their footprint is as a, as a, as a benefit they might get from going with that with that provider. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say the, the the green CDN is already uh, standard. Let's put it that way, but. I mean, over time, it would be well 
logical that uh, certain yeah. CDNs will say, hey, I'm, I only use green energy. I'm completely sustain, sustainable in what I do, yeah. um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. And that we eventually end, end up there. And at some point, even organizations would say that it's mandatory that you are uh, 100% sustainable in what you're doing. Otherwise, we can, just cannot use it. That's an interesting development because when I first spoke to CDN providers, um, their their answer to the sustainability question was really, yes, that would be nice, but um, our customers want a hundred percent reliability, um, and you know we 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 will use whatever whatever we need for that, and uh, you know sustainability. Of course, it's a balance, right? I mean, I think, it's, but it's, I think it's with any any service or product that you use, it's a balance between the two. Um, uh, but again, if you look at green energy in general, uh, that's uh, relatively right, doesn't ha- doesn't have to hurt the performance or scalability or whatever. But... Right. We need to talk about the edge um, because yes. that's an, another interesting thing. But when the CDNs um, emerged into public consciousness, um, there was already a lot of talk about edge networks edge applications that um, you know there, there would need to be resources at the edge of the network people said um to run things like the internet of things and um <clears throat> and, and and things like that um and they were talking as if there were there were no resources at the edge of the network and there were pe- there were companies springing up um planning to put um extra uh shipping containers full of servers uh, all over the place um and then um, the CDN industry has done a good job of saying, "Wait a minute, we're already there, aren't we?" Tell us how the what how CDN players see this uh, edge. I suppose hype would be a thing to say about it, but the the emergence of the edge. Yeah, so it's, it's basically it's an extension of what they already did, right? So they already had the servers at those different locations. They already had the connectivity close by the end users. Uh, so it's a natural, basically, it's a natural uh, evolution for them to also start doing the compute and storage part uh, locally. Um, um, so in, in my opinion, it's 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 not that. I mean, the applications were normally it's a service-based oriented delivery that they do, and now it turns into an application-based one. That's the difference. Uh, but in terms of infrastructure and what they have available. There's basically not much difference. Right. So the CDN players, instead of just storing content at the edge, they're actually um, running local applications. In, so um, a lot more interaction going between the end user device and that outpost of the CBN, CDN yep. before the uh, anything gets sent back to the central um, yeah, service. And, and there's a big difference. If you look at, uh, I mean, if you look at, for instance, Akamai, um, um, uh, they acquired a company uh, specifically for this to to get this embedded, um, and what they call themselves is what they call distributed cloud. So basically, they're competing with cloud, uh, except that they already have that distributed, right? So if you look at cloud environments in general, whether it's an Amazon, Azure, or Google, um, they have big, massive applications, uh, huge, uh, mm-hmm. but they're very centralized, right? Uh, where CDNs by nature. Um, by definition, are way more distributed than uh, like clouds. Now, I'm not saying everything you should run in the cloud, you can run on the CDN and vice versa. There's a place for certain applications to run uh, on a CDN where certain applications are better to run in a cloud environment. 
it just depends on the type of application. Uh, but now you have the flexibility to say, hey, what is important for me? Um, and where does it make sense? Normally, it all had to go to the cloud, and then you had to distribute it somewhere. Now, uh, this, this option is there. Right. And what are the um, applications that are genuinely being important at the edge? I mean, Internet of Things, I would have thought, has very, very small amounts of data. It may not, you know, even if a lot of IoT happens, it's not going to cause, it's not going to actually create much um, activity, is it? Or is it? What, what are the applications that are going to be important at the edge? There are all kinds of different applications. Um, I'm primarily more familiar on the media domain, so less on the enterprise domain myself. Um, yeah. But it's anything in terms of uh, making things more dynamic. Uh, instead of going back, you can uh, do, do this directly on the edge. It's about parsing information that you're getting from the client that you would directly want to use and give back to the client in any way or form, instead of going back to the core. Um, right. it's security related things, making sure you handle those on the edge instead of going back to the core mm -hmm. with all the risks involved. There are all kinds of different yeah. areas uh, that you can do. Yeah, I mean, there are some of the big cloud play, uh, CDN players that are um, clearly seeing what the big trends are that are going on. And there seems to be a sort of genuine possibility that quite a lot of AI will end up um, on some sort of CN, CDN or distributed cloud. Because once you've trained your um, that language model um, yeah. in a centralized location, you need to do inference where it gets applied to real world problems. Um, and I mean, some people are out there saying that the, the logical place to do that would be on something like a CDN. Is that something that you're seeing? So interesting to see, because I had, uh, I often do also do webinars for Instagram Media. Um, and often have big kind of providers in there. And often we talk about edge because again, everybody mm -hmm. uh, typically I talk about is about CDN edge uh, and cloud related stuff. Um, and uh, they all favored uh, CDN more than they favored cloud uh, because mm -hmm. the nature of how to deploy things on CDNs is very similar as they're already used to with, with CDNs in general for kind of delivery itself. Mm -hmm. So having that all in one box uh, makes it a lot easier and also to work between one side is content delivery um, and the other side is a dynamic part and to combine those directly on the edge where otherwise you would need to have two different streams one in the cloud for the application part and one on the edge uh, for the for the delivery part so uh, that's why uh, the more look at hey it's more interesting to do this on the, on the CDN than it is of interest to do this on a cloud environment right and I guess the more things, the more complexity of what people are doing um, on the CDN, um, the more issues there will be to um, to deal with. You know, things like the ones you mentioned before, like um, privacy and security and things like that. You know, if if you've got a customer using an Edge app on a CDN that involves them putting their customer data in, that's way more of a privacy issue than you'd ever have had with a traditional CDN. So I think what I'm saying is there's going to be a lot a lot of issues for an organization like the Alliance to get involved in. I we have enough enough stuff to do exactly. So I mean if you look at now we have a, <laughs> yeah. we have now have three working groups running. One is a very simple one actually um, uh, uh, is a dictionary. Just making mm -hmm. sure that we talk the same language. 
uh, yes. which by definition is already a challenge in the CDN space. Uh, yes. So that's one. Uh, second one is uh, about low latency, really making sure that there's one place where they can find everything about low latency, low to low latency, uh, mm -hmm. streaming, etc. Because it's a little bit of a mess where to find all the information. So where we're yes. bringing that to one single place. And a third working group we currently have is in relation to what we call Traffic Radar. And Traffic Radar is building a framework for information exchange on peak capacity um, uh, that uh, of peaks and that are happening by content providers, not just in the, in the media world for live, live events, but also for game updates and software updates that create uh, very, very big peaks and often have issues with delivery uh, to make sure that that information from the content providers is known with CDNs, but also with ISPs. Um, so they know when certain peaks are likely to happen because currently that is, there is no platform for that available. Um, and that's uh, the third working group that we're trying to build a framework for that kind of information exchange that eventually will help uh, things to work more smoothly. Right. Those sound like excellent um, priorities to start with. You know, the first steps first, make sure that you know what your each organization is talking about, making sure that um, as low latency is the key deliverable of the CDN, making sure you understand what you're talking about there. Um, and yeah, so that they, those are, that, that, that they sound like a brilliant starting point. And um, what, what's going to be the, um, just quickly, what's going to be the, the, the interesting issues, the most important things happening um, with CDNs over the next uh, year or two? When, when are we going to be wanting to talk to you? Well, I think the CDN market is moving pretty fast. I mean, if you look at what happened last year with um, uh, with the CDN space, uh, nobody saw this coming uh, with, uh, with Lumen and StackPath departing the CDN space, uh, mm. but new players are coming up. Um, yes. So there's there's a there's a lot of movement right now. So everybody's a little bit looking at where they're going. Um, so I expect quite some changes this year as well uh, that will happen. Uh, and it's just a, a natural industry change in in our opinion. Um, yes. The industry is getting uh, generic. Um, so that means that different things come to play. Uh, certain players will be moving out. Other players will fill the gaps. Um, but that, yeah, as, as an industry, we're changing a little bit, uh, yes. getting more standardized. Yeah. Excellent. Well, it's, it's really good to have someone I know I can talk to about this when I get lost in the, in the weeds of it all. Um, mm -hmm. really good talking to you and thank you for giving us this really good introduction to CDNs You're and we'll, we'll be talking again in future. I'm sure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Sustainability is no longer a nice to have, it's a priority. Vertive Power, cooling and IT management solutions for critical infrastructure are designed to reduce the use of energy, water, and space. From innovative liquid cooling to dynamic grid services, we work hand in hand with customers to enable them to meet their data center sustainability goals. Visit us at vertive.com and see what we can do for you. Thanks for listening to the Zero Downtime Podcast, brought to you in partnership with Vertiv, the world's leading critical digital infrastructure provider. Don't forget to like this podcast and subscribe to our channel.
We'll see you again next time.